Welcome to the Revenue Accelerators Podcast, a show featuring B2B sales and business leaders. Hosted by Excelogy founder and 19-year sales veteran with leadership experience in strategic enterprise and telecom sales, Deep Trikonod. This show uncovers strategies and techniques business leaders have used to go from zero to one and beyond. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help us reach more people. Revenue Accelerators is brought to you by Excelogy. We help B2B sales leaders improve sales performance by leveraging our patent-pending data-driven sales coaching systems. Find us at www.excelogy.com. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you guys for joining another episode of Revenue Accelerators. Today, I'm with Jessica Perry of Numerator. Jessica, can you give a quick intro for yourself? Hey, Deep. Yes, I'm Jessica Perry, a sales director at Numerator Market Research Company based in Chicago. Wonderful. And how long have you been with Numerator? So I've been with Numerator uh, seven, almost eight years. So about seven and a half years. And and what do you do for them? Like, what's your role at Numerator? So my role at Numerator is a sales director focusing on emerging and mid-market brands. So companies that are looking to scale anywhere from zero to $999 million. I don't work with ones over a billion dollars just yet. Uh, but we really help uh, brands with understanding more about who's buying their products, why, and what are their market opportunities. And so I really focus focus on those emerging brands and companies that are not yet working with Numerator. Uh, and that's my main role is, is bringing them into the fold. So you would you be classified as a hunter versus a farmer? Like you're not doing account management, you're not doing customer success, you're out there hunting new logos. Is that a fair assessment based on your description? Yes, that is correct. So I am going after net new brands that are not necessarily working with us yet. Previously, I was working with uh growing and fostering current clients, but I had so much passion for what we were doing that I thought, hey, why don't I go in and share that with companies that are not yet doing this? So that's sort of a little bit about my path here at New Nice. Um, and typically how complex is your sale? Like how many, how big is your village that you need to lean on your, if, if there's a sales engineer involved, pre-sales engineer or operations, customer support or whatever your operations team, how big is that village to help you win any of those deals? Yeah, that's a great question. So, and over the, over the years, it's, it's evolved here at Numerator. Originally, it was, uh, really you and your solutions consultant or your pre-sales engineer. Uh, and today we have not only solutions consultant and pre-sales engineers, but we have, um, business development reps that are going out, helping us find new prospects. We have sales operations engineers that are helping us with building um, contracts and all that stuff that would be going into the actual uh, agreement of the partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, got to love the help of your sales managers and mentors um, that are here on the team. So while it is primarily up to the salesperson to get that 
opportunity from open to closed one. Um, we have uh, quite a few people, probably like three to four, that are, are there at any time to help you bring a deal closer to home. Awesome. And then, so you're... The way I kind of see your role, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're kind of like using a football analogy, American football, that is, um, you're kind of quarterbacking these opportunities. Would that be a fair? So you, you're kind of figuring out when to bring the right people in for the various calls that you have. Would that be a fair? Is that, is that sound right? Am I kind of on the same track or, or where, where am I off the rail here? Yeah, you're, you're on a good track. Um, when you are the, uh, when you are the sales director in, in this position, you are the quarterback where you have to kind of figure out all of those plays, but you're also the, if I'm saying this correctly, the receiver because you also got to get the touchdown. So it's not, it's not okay, just, fair. um, you run in the plays, but you got to also make the score by bringing that, that deal in. But in terms of like sports, you have to have a really strong strategy and that doesn't come from just one person. You know, there's a lot of yeah. people that are going to help you with the right strategy, the right plays to win, because even though you're selling the same product, the sales cycle or the situation is typically going to be different every single time. Absolutely. So you, do you, in most of your customers, it sounds like are on the business side, you're, you're selling to other businesses. Would that be, is that accurate? Yeah, great point. You, we are. So our company is business to business where we work with other, uh, companies, specifically consumers packaged goods, but we also work with general merchandise, um, and consulting and, and companies that are looking to just get a better understanding on consumer behavior as a whole. Uh, but primarily we sell to businesses, but the one thing I like to think about, even if you are selling to business, business to business is, you're selling to a person, you know, it's not yeah. like you're selling to a building um, that you're trying to make a, a, a pitch to. So even if they're not uh, uh, the only person not in the business, they are a consumer, too. That's that's true. That's a great point because they're still they still have a persona. They still have their own likes and dislikes. And so um, so how do you how do you find success? Like what's what what is the the Jessica Perry playbook look like? Can you share anything? Yeah, well, I think the first part is one defining success for yourself. I think for me, well, I'm very much driven by uh, metrics. And, and I think that's why I love sales is because it can sometimes take the guesswork out of how am I doing um, in life in general. There's so many questions that one might have about themselves and things like that. So sales kind of helps you create a a framework and a benchmark of what you're aiming towards. And as someone who's very driven by um, success personally, that that has helped me. But I think overall success is when you are doing something that you feel good about. So is it okay. closing a deal? Is it having a great conversation and getting to the answer of what that actually is? I'd say my key to success is trying to drive decisions more so than driving a close that maybe is not successful for the client. So I think overall it's about really driving a decision and, and doing that through communication. Okay. 
Interesting. So, so question for you, the, um, like why sales there's metrics and everything and, and, and a lot of other fields, um, the little wins, I could not agree with you more in terms of kind of no matter if it's a phone call, getting a client on the phone, but, but like for you individually, why, why sales, why are you in a sales role today? Yeah. I mean, in full transparency, I have always been told I would be great at sales, but I was always very scared. And I always hated the fact of thinking that there, I'm just a number or there's just a number attached to me. But the reality is, as I was in a customer success role, I was very driven. You're right. In every job, you're going to have metrics. You're going to have those goals to focus on. And if you find yourself as being that person, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yes, I hit every single goal I've ever been given, but I'm not in sales. Maybe you should give yourself a chance because um, sales really is, from what I've learned, the only position and type of role where you can control your compensation and, and really your destiny in some ways. So I thought if I'm going to give 110% to everything I do, why don't I try something that if I give 110%, I'm going to get something back for that. Is there any is there anything that you can share that you learned from the school of hard, hard knocks, not from a classroom, not from any type of certification program that you were in, um, not even really from from mentor per se, in terms of kind of how to avoid potholes, but just like looking back on your career, are there any things that anything that you've done that you're like, oh man, like that was a huge lesson that I learned. And I will I will take that to heart with every interaction that I have going forward. Is there anything that that comes to mind? Yeah, I think in in sales um specifically one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that the deal doesn't necessarily get done over uh one Zoom or two Zooms or three Zooms or even scheduled meetings and emails. The deal gets done mostly in sort of the details and you picking up the phone and calling someone to get more information and you sending a touch point that wasn't scheduled or planned, but shows that you actually care about your prospect or something that you're working with someone you're working with. Um, I've had a lot of times with deals where, you know, you show up to the call and you expect something to happen, but something happened maybe in between that you can't go back from. And yeah. if you would have maybe had more of a pulse or more of a direct communication with your prospect or your contact um, or were multi-threaded, it could have been a different outcome. But because yep. you focused on the scheduled times to talk and only relied on those scheduled interactions or follow up after the meeting and no other emails that the deal kind of got lost in, yep. in, in the lack of engagement. Absolutely. So, so do you, and you don't have to give company names or, or personnel names, but like, how did you learn that lesson? Was it a specific deal? One or two deals that you're like, Oh man, I didn't, I didn't follow it the, I, the way that I probably should have. You maybe you weren't as aggressive or as persistent? Like, what, is there a particular deal? Can you kind of, do you mind sharing the the, the specifics around that lesson yeah. that you learned? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember last year um, there was a client that 
I had been trying to get over the line uh, for for years and there was engagement, there was joy, they loved the product, but we couldn't get to them to a final point where they would say, yes, let's move forward with this through all the scheduled calls, all the demos, bringing my manager in, getting them on the line for follow-up calls, things like that. And it got to a point where I had to call the prospect, the main contact that I had been working with and had a one-on-one conversation with her where it was like, look, we've been spinning wheels on both ends and we need to find a, a, a jumping off point. Otherwise, we can't continue the conversations anymore. And it was not really the best feeling when I had to say that. It was scary. Yeah. Because they could have just said, no, we're going to walk away. But by being real with the prospect and having a one-on-one conversation where it wasn't recorded, where we could just be like really honest about how things are going to get done, we were able to walk away from that call with what they needed in order to sign. And I was able to give that to them because we both had a transparent conversation back and forth. And on the same time, I've had situations that I felt really good about. So I didn't engage really maybe a lot after that proposal, or I, I kind of waited until the proposal, until our post proposal meeting doing air quotes, because yeah. sometimes that can get canceled. And when you show up thinking I'm going to get a yes and you get a no, it makes you think, oh, maybe if I had more of a pulse on this or more of a touch point beforehand, things could have gone different. I could have learned there was an objection rather than them saying no, because once they say no, it's yes, you can um, ask them why, ask if you can change their mind, but it almost helps to have hey, maybe after the proposal, you call them and say, look, you know, I know we're really excited, but let me know like one-on-one, what do you think are roadblocks or objections we might face? Yeah, Because then, you know, it gives you more, the more you learn, the more that you talk, the more you learn. Yeah, absolutely. And the more you listen, right? Um, Yeah. But so so like, how are you, how long ago, you said that was last year, that, that lesson learned was last year. And have you found that, helped kind of move the needle for you personally in terms of being able to bring deals across the finish line a little bit with with a little bit more efficiency yeah i mean definitely i think any salesperson if it might sound like a bright i might sound like a broken record but <laughs> pick up the pick up the phone like especially if you're not today um and you're working with uh executives that are maybe at a higher level than you, you have to realize that one, people respect you if you call them and you have courage to talk on the phone and an unscheduled interaction. Um, but also like it, it just helps you get closer to the prospect. So I think it's something that I've always learned, but it's something that as time has evolved, I've felt like this really is probably never going to go away as long as, uh, the buying group, are, you know, I, I don't think it's ever going to go away in sales. Yes. Agreed. Um, are, are most of your, your outreach, is it done mostly via phone, email, LinkedIn, or are a lot of it in person? A lot of your interaction in person. 
Good question. So this year has been really busy in person with uh, trade shows, and I've attended quite a few of those this year, which I really do enjoy, but it can be a lot of people that you're meeting. So got to kind of get in and get out with those situations. Otherwise, there's way too many folks. But primarily, I like to do an email touch point and a phone call as my favorite um, mm-hmm. first two choices. And then LinkedIn is always great as well. But that's more of a third um, or a follow-up note. I, okay. I, I find that I found the most success with emailing and then using a call to follow up to set up a meeting. Very cool. So, Jessica, I was uh, LinkedIn stalking you. If hopefully, you don't mind. Oh. <laughs> um, and I noticed that you went from kind of recruiting to writing, and then in sales now. Like, can you kind of describe that path? Like, how how did you find yourself? I guess, or do you, have you always aspired to be in sales, and you just tried to figure out your path, or did you kind of stumble across this role? Good question. So I actually um, had been, because so many people had said to me through my life, go into sales, go into sales. I had sort of a feeling in my um, inside me of I'm never going to do that just because everyone is telling yeah. me that I'm never going to do that. So I took a class in college around human resources. And one of the questions on our test was, what function of the company has does not do anything with sales? And the answer was human resources. So in college, I was applying for human resource internships. The mm-hmm. only ones that I would get calls for were recruiting ones. So I got into recruiting under the guise of I'm not going to do sales and I'm going to be in human resources. Well, lo and behold, the only sales-like function of human resources I found myself in, which was recruiting. Um, and that is a lot of calls, a lot of emails, and you're not necessarily selling a product. You're either selling a position to a person or you're selling a person to a company, to an organization. Yep. So I really enjoyed that because I love to help people, which is also something that if you like helping people, that's what sales is. It's it's helping people because if you don't have a product that if you have a product that's not going to help someone and no one wants it, they're not going to buy it. But if you have a good product that people want to buy and it'll help, that's how it happens. Anyway, so I got into say uh, recruiting and in recruiting, there was like a client management role, which mm-hmm. I loved because I thought I get to work with clients, but I don't have to maybe um, sell people on the job. I get yeah. to sell the candidates on to the clients. And then I had a couple years of experience doing that. And I realized I really like this client management aspect, which was how I found the job at Numerator. I started doing client um, relationship management, which is renewals. So I had a renewal quota. And then from there, it emerged into everyone, you know, at the company, people were like, you really know the product. Why don't you go into sales? And my, even my manager was like, you're so, you hit your metrics every month, every week. Why don't you go into sales? And I thought, okay, I guess I'll do it. Now's the time. And, and I've, and now I love it. So I maybe, yeah, listen to what people say you're, you might be good at your, your first sales experience. Can you kind of walk me through that first 
meeting where the training wheels were off, meaning your manager wasn't there to help walk you through the call, your or you know, trainers or whatever that were not around. Like it was just you and you're flying solo on this first call and or email or meeting or where whatever it was, you're now solo. Do you have your your pre-sales engineer with you? Do you are you on your own? Like how does can you kind of take us through that that first time? Yeah, totally. And 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 maybe I don't know if uh other people felt like this when they first started sales, but you know, it was at that time, it was me and my prospect. And after really every call, I was like, they're definitely going to buy. They love yeah. that. They, yeah. they, they need this. They told me why. It. Yeah. They, they want this. They told me they want it. There's no reason why they wouldn't buy it. And yeah. So I was really, ex- I was stoked about that. I mean, my first year, I thought, oh, heck yeah, I'm crushing this. Everyone's going to buy. Everyone loves the product. Yep. Um, and then you brought, I brought that to the manager and they're like, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? I'm like, well, I didn't ask all that. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, the first year it was good, but, but then it, it, the more you learn about what actually needs to happen for a sale to close, then I was like, okay, I I don't know so everything. Did you, so did you lose? End up losing that that first opportunity? Did the did the, did the customer end up walking away, or did you did it just prolong the sales motion, the sales cycle? Well, I will say in full transparency, the first cold call I made on the job in my first year of sales, I did eventually turn that into a client that oh, first congrats. year. That was the, that was like one of of three though. My I I my first year I did not very good. Um okay. but I I did bring in that one that first cold call I made. Well done. But, um yeah, her name was Jessica too. So maybe she just <laughs> felt the connection and but anyways, um uh, but but there were a lot of opportunities that year that I had felt good about. I had tried to say to our leadership, let's give them these crazy discounts so they sign on, all that stuff. Uh and they weren't having it. So in year two, I I had more of a uh experienced hat on and it allowed me to ask a lot more questions and um, whatnot. But yeah, the first year it, it was the, not all those opportunities I found closed. Um, a few did, but a lot more work than I might have expected. You follow kind of a sales model or kind of your own, like how, how do you keep, how do you hold yourself accountable? How do you stay honest with yourself in terms of, you know, following a regimented plan, if at all, or are you more, are you more shoot from the hip? kind of approach in terms of what feels right to you as the next step with a particular prospect? Well, something I've learned from um, Sandler, shout out Sandler training, love Sandler. If you, if you don't um, know about it, research it. Um, They always have taught us go into a meeting knowing what you want to get out of it. What is the next step going to be before you start the, the meeting? Because mm-hmm. if you're waiting to the last five minutes to figure out what's the next step going to be, it might come out jumbled or it might not come out as being clear. And the prospect might say with that five minutes, hey, look, I got to hop to another call. Send me an email, which we don't want to happen. We want to set up that call or we want to have that specific touch point and action item in place. So yeah. I think the the biggest tip I've gotten on that is... Always kind of know what is 
you're going to get or next, like what is that next step before you start the first meeting? Um, but to be fair to your point, we do have a process, but like we would meet, talk, demonstrate, propose, and then go from there. But again, like I, like we kind of talked about earlier, the, the sale, if the sales process was that easy, everyone would be doing yeah, sales. There's yeah. little things in between you got to totally eye on. Absolutely. I t- could not agree more. Well, well, Jessica, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with us today. Is there anything that you'd like to share that I didn't, didn't, we didn't talk about already? Um, uh, not specifically. I think the one thing I would say that no matter where you are in your career or where you are as a salesperson, continue to be yourself and bring yourself and put yourself in the client's shoes because Everyone is just a person and they want to feel good about what they're doing at work. So as long as you can help other people feel good, um, hopefully that can help you feel great about whatever you're doing and just keep on chugging. I love it. And what you mentioned about transparent as well, being transparent and being kind of real with the, with the end customer or client um, hit, hit a chord with me as well. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for, for talking and hanging out. Um, and everyone listening until next time. Thank you much. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks. Be sure to check us out at www.excelogy.com. 